Ladies and gentlemen, we have a special edition of the Players NIL podcast. My special guest today, a gentleman that I've known since he was a kid. He's not any longer. Welcome to the podcast, Brendan Kaminsky. Thank you, Mark. I am no longer a kid, although I still think uh, at heart I will always be. But um, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, full disclosure to our audiences, uh, Brendan's family and I have known each other for about 15 years. He's wearing his Tar Heels hat today because I remember when he was there, when it all began. And uh, I want to start off with a, a couple of easy questions for you, Brendan. The Players NIL is about using athletics and sports to better our lives. And as I just said to you off camera, I don't know of anyone that has done more with their passion for sports than you have. Um, so give us a little bit of background of your family life, why sports was so important to you, maybe the sports den. Your father's a crazy sports fan, I know. But tell us a little bit about how it all began and what your passion was at a young age. Yeah. I, it, so first of all, yes, I'm wearing this Carolina hat because of the players NIL and everything you're doing in college athletics because we're going to be talking a lot about college athletics. So I figured I could represent my alma mater. So wearing Carolina. Um, yeah, sports has been a passion since I was younger. Um, was a fan, played a lot of sports. Uh, and, you know, as you know, you know, had a, have a dad that's a diehard sports fan across the board. So would drag us around to games. Um, and I don't mean drag in any sort of bad way, but we would just always go, we'd always be going to games. So six year season tickets, grew up in Philly, went to Eagles games. Uh, eventually he built a sports bar, which is where we had, you know, over seven TVs and they were friends would come over for Sunday football and get there at 12 and leave at seven, you know, and um, it was just part of the DNA. Um, and, uh, you know, it was just something that always was a part of fandom, you know, and, and, uh, you know, when I was younger, I can't say that I sat here and said, I know I'm going to work in sports right now. These days, you know, people are like, Oh, I knew you'd end up there. I knew you'd end up at ESPN. I know I'm in sports, but I think things fall in place. And when you follow things that you love and your passion, um, it, it just uh, happens serendipitously. So I just really wanted to take, um, you know, something that I loved. And I had, you know, my dad worked um, in the finance space as a lawyer and, you know, dipped my toe a little bit into the financial services industry and quickly realized that it wasn't necessarily for me. So I know there's a lot to say uh, on the background and, and, and path, you know, tell me what you think would be interesting and um, wh where we should take it from here. Well, it's a, it's a great story because you developed this passion. It may have been in your DNA, but not everyone accepts that. Some people try to go in different directions. You enroll at the University of North Carolina, perhaps one of the great sports brands in all of college athletics. Of course, we know the great number 23, but there's been so many great athletes and so many great programs. You enroll in North Carolina. You're, you're, it's just fortunate that you happen to be at the beginning of the social media craze. People were still figuring out you know, what Facebook was, perhaps. While you're at school, though, you start to connect the dots. I can do this. I'm interested in this. I know these people. Tell our audience how you connected those dots and what those dots were that all of a sudden, figuratively, figuratively, the light bulb went off in your head. Yeah. So 
I did a few different things in school that I think turned out to be relevant today. Um, maybe a few, maybe more than a few things, but as far as the social media and the marketing, uh, I was an EA Sports Campus representative, and there was a nationwide campaign to drive people to a Facebook app that EA Sports developed, and every school could drive people to that app, right? And and when you drove people to the app, you voted for your school. So if Mark, you were a friend of mine at UNC, I'd say, Mark, go to the app on EA Sports, say you're from North Carolina, that'll register a point. And every school could do that. It was a six-week campaign. At the end of the six-week campaign, whichever school had the most votes, the most students go and engage with the app, won a free Snoop Dogg concert. We won the campaign. Snoop Dogg came and performed... I got to meet Snoop Dogg after the show. And, you know, it was kind of like, this is insane. Like this Facebook stuff, like really turned into me meeting Snoop Dogg and taking a picture with him and throwing this free concert for like the whole school. Like that was when it really started to open my eyes. And from that, I did another nationwide campaign for CBS Sports as a campus representative. And all this was outside the classroom. And through the CBS thing, we also won that campaign. Um, I don't remember the ins and outs, but I do remember that we won money uh, that was for charity, I believe. So it was just one of these things where I really was like, I like playing this game of cracking the code of social media and marketing campaigns, and let's see where this can take me. So I just, I developed those interests from that. And then, you know, my biggest real into sports was when I graduated from college, Harrison Barnes was declaring for the draft. Um, I bothered him enough through Twitter and then, you know, um, it, it, this company, this clothing company, my first job out of college, Jack and Jokers, um, you know, tried to get him a deal or, or some sort of endorsement. He came in, loved the shirts, high end clothing and just kept pitching him on opportunities. And, you know, eventually um, he believed in me and, you know, made me his social media guy. And I was just helping him with concepts uh, when I was about a year out of school um, you know, and it was, it's a blessing because to this day, it's like, you know, I think I was hustling and I was, had a bunch of ideas. I know significantly more now than I did then, which is very obvious to say, cause college was a long time ago, but like I was young and Harrison gave me that chance. And to this day, I still tell him like, you know, I'll never forget that you believed in me, you know, when I was this young kid who had a bunch of ideas and, I think they were smart and I know it was important his brand and it went well, but he didn't have to do that. So that was really my biggest entry point into sports. And then from there, eventually ended up at ESPN and a lot to say there, but through the work of side of kind of independently doing these campaigns and pitching folks on ideas, like I really was able to, I feel like that was the best way to learn. And nowadays in school, they have classes on digital media, social media, and I don't know what that's like, but I do know, and I, and I, I know there's a lot of professors. Some of these folks are my friends now who I've seen who teach at Syracuse, for instance, I know about, uh, I have a friend who teaches Syracuse social media class. And like, I'm sure they're great. The best experience I think is just doing the hours, doing the reps, working in a company. And, and so that's what I did. And that really helped pave the way for me. So you're in the early, early infancy of social media. There's no classes. There's no mentors. There's no precedent for what you're doing. You're totally entrepreneurial out there on an island. But what was it that, you know, what did you, what did you use? How did you figure out what worked and what didn't work? Was it just trial and error? Were there mentors of some type? 
Who did you follow? Yeah. Who were you trying to emulate? What, how, what was your mindset yep. in those early Harrison Barnes days? Yeah, I think a lot of trial and error. I think I was a personal user, so I would do stuff on my own and just learn more. But really, um, Gary Vaynerchuk, in the beginning, I read you know, his first, you know, this was in 2012, 2013, but he had a few different books. One of them I remember was called Crush It. I don't remember what the others are called, but I read two or three of his books. I started consuming a lot of YouTube content of him. And, you know, YouTube generally was a platform where I was able to learn a lot. Another guy named Dave Kirpin, who has a company called Likeable Media, who I candidly haven't followed recently. So I don't know if it's still called Likeable Media or something else, but like they wrote books about social and I read it and it just... I thought it was super interesting and I thought I wanted to apply this to something that I love doing. Cause I thought there was a big opportunity. I thought in the athlete space and the talent space, there was something there. And, and so I just started to, to dive into that. So it was really that. And then, you know, I would read on social, I'd read on Twitter things. I would, you know, subscribe to a few different newsletters. I'd read TechCrunch, um, and just became very curious. Um, but I will say that those two people are the ones that come to mind. Um, their books were very helpful and, you know, the more you consume, the the more, um, you know, it, it, addicting it became to me to learn more and more. So I think it was a combination of the reps and the education from those people. That's, it's great advice. And I think I can draw a parallel now to where we are today. So we're 20 months into name, image and likeness, NIL, as it's referred to, which has empowered student athletes to monetize their personal brand, create a brand. Uh, in the first year of NIL, 70 plus percent of the deals were based on social media posts. That may come down over time, but it's still the majority of social media, um, the majority of NIL deals are based on social media. But the parallel that I want to draw is, you know, tell us what you're doing today to help the athletes in your, uh, yeah. you know, in your fold. But more importantly, what can the everyday athlete do based on what you've learned? But let's start with what you learned, you started at ESPN as an intern. Next thing you know, you're in the room with some of the most celebrated sports journalists and figures in the world. What was that journey like? Yeah, the ESPN journey, um, I, like even yesterday, I was just thinking about it and I was going through my camera roll and I have way too many videos and photos from the different events and things that I did while I was at ESPN. And just looking at those, whether it was at the NBA finals or NFL draft or being at the sports center studio ESPN or interfacing with talent and shooting some of these world renowned journalists, like, man, it's, I was thinking about, I'm like, I'll never forget that. And um, ESPN is the biggest platform that I could have been given. I felt like, and I'm so thankful. And, but yeah, what that journey was like was, um, you know, it was a biz- it was business school for me. It was business school. My, my, uh, my MBA for the sports industry is the way that I have viewed it. And, you know, I think that the biggest thing I took away from it is the people around me who also were hustling, who don't move to Bristol, Connecticut, because, um, they think it's a great place to live. Now they're, I'm not saying it's not a great place to certain people, but, uh, for a lot of people, they, they move there because, they're very passionate about being the worldwide leader and they don't care what it takes to work with the best, to be working on the biggest platforms. And so I was able to meet some of the brightest people in the industry that, you know, still to this day are friends and still to this day I work with and collaborate with and can become a client or can become a partner. And 
I think that is what the best part about it was. But yeah, for me, you know, I started out working on ESPN college football, uh, tweeting for them on Saturdays and, you know, where I ended was, you know, really helping to manage social media for some of the biggest stars at ESPN and Stephen A. Smith and Adam Schefter and Adrian Wojnarowski and Jalen Rose. And I mean, a million others, there's a lot of names that I don't want to forget, but um, you know, I, I, uh, I was, when I was growing up, I was fans of these guys, just like, you know, guys and girls, like you were, like a lot of us are still to this day. So, um, I just felt really confident in sort of the, um, knowledge and skill set that I was bringing. And I think I was just thank, you know, fortunate that like, they just don't have that skill set because they're superstars for other ways, right. In ways that I could never be. Um, but I just had confidence in advising them on social and giving content opportunities to them and seeing the numbers and seeing it work and seeing them, you know, see that it resonates. So that journey of starting on a tweeting for an ESPN college football account and then, you know, doing the NBA finals, uh, filming Stephen A. Smith on the biggest stage after the biggest games and after, uh, you know, Kyrie Irving hits that shot against the Warriors, like, Man, I, I never I really never would have imagined that. And um, but I think it just comes down to if you really follow what you love and you really you you work hard at it, things will play out. And I never really forecasted doing that. I just forecasted, you know, I was like the Snoop Dogg thing was fun. And I just was able to meet Snoop Dogg through this EA Sports campaign. Like, where else can it take me? You know, and I'm still on this journey. I'm still figuring it out and, and I'm enjoying it. Well, uh, the market's changed, right? And so, you know, you have to adjust, as they say, the goalpost gets moved all the time, especially in name, image, and likeness. You've been in name, image, and likeness way before it was authorized in college because you were doing social media for talent that was monetizing their brand. You launch a company called Be Known. I love the name, by the way. Uh, Thank it's you. Brendan Kaminsky, so Be Known. Love that, BK. So tell us about Be Known. What do you do? Yeah. For people, what have you learned? What 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 is your uh, your business like? Yeah, so after I was at ESPN about two years ago, two years ago I think it was last month, um, I started an agency, and the agency is defined as a branding and social media agency. So, you know, at its core, a lot of what we do is help folks grow on social, engage on social, you know, across all accounts: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, LinkedIn, whatever else comes out next. Um, we need to be on the forefront for our clients because, you know, that's what they rely upon us for. So, you know, we might work with a media personality, could be an athlete, could be an influencer, um, could be a brand, you know, I'm playing kind of both sides to it, could advise brands and really want to be a trusted resource um, in the digital space and sort of be on the forefront of what's next, you know, not a traditional agency, not doing on the court, on the field, focused on, you know, opportunities on building your name, image, and likeness, as you say. And, you know, I wanted to scale out what I was doing at ESPN as I was working with talent. And I loved it. And I loved the people I was working with. I just, I wanted to not be limited to just ESPN or just media. You know, if there's other opportunities, if there's a, a, a football league, if there's a, um, you know, professional current athlete or now a college athlete, like, I want to be able to have those opportunities. Um, and that was just something that I was passionate about. So that's what we do. People come to us for digital help and, you know, how to build a brand. And, you know, if there's marketing opportunities that come along the way, we want to funnel in those for people and 
you know, um, also advise brands on how they should be using talent, you know, and that's what I kind of view my work at ESPN was I was advising ESPN how to use its talent or how they should be sort of activating them at events or how they should use them for ESPN plus and Instagram. So, you know, why not bring that same strategy to others with talent that they're working with? Um, so it's been super fun over the last two years to figure out what makes sense and what works. Um, and just having that flexibility of not, you know, being only like TV people or only athlete or only this sport or that team uh, is something that I really enjoy and the team really enjoys. And I'd be nowhere without all the people that, you know, work with me on this stuff. I love it. So as I said, we're 20 months into name, image, and likeness for college athletes. And I think currently about 25 states plus the District of Columbia. What surprised you most in the first 20 months of collegiate NIL? Anything that you can put your finger on? I think one thing that surprised me is how, as I've been talking to, you know, as I've talked to some athletes, as I've gone to some events and just poked around, like how unprepared so many people are. And if you are at the top of the top, you're already a pro. You're already going to get six, seven figure deals. You're going to have a marketing agent who's top of the industry, who wants to sign you as a client. But a lot of the folks, the 98% folks, the folks that, you know, aren't getting the big checks, but have a big opportunity, um, you know, need a resource like the players in IL. And it's like, there's no better time for it. So it's incredible to watch you do what you're doing because it's just, the opportunities are endless because I've talked to seem like I talked to, I remember talking to a few athletes when I spoke to these football players a year or two ago, and they had access to a platform that their school had licensed, but they didn't even, they're like, Oh yeah, I think we signed a deal with them. I don't really know. And like, I don't even know how to use it. Right. So it's like, even if you have a platform, you don't even know what the opportunities are. And so I think that, you know, I think people didn't really, factor that in and realize that, Hey, just because from day one, you can monetize yourself doesn't mean that you know what you're doing. and doesn't mean that you have the education and resources to do so. So I think just the learning curve that's come with it, the wild, wild West aspect to it, how it seems like laws are changing here and there. And there's not really, you know, it seems like the rules are kind of gray and blurred. I think that those sort of are, are what surprised me and, you know, I think it's unfortunate when you have, you know, NIL comes out, it's a huge story and everyone is talking about how this is a game changer. And it is, it is a game changer, but then you have all these kids that are like, well, wait, what, how do I get something from that? And they don't have resources like the players on NIL. There's so many folks that don't know that people like me and you exist that could help them. Um, and then how do you create that bridge and how do you uh, leverage it? So um, you know, I think it's a gift and a curse, but it's uh, it's surprising how much more education there really is needed. And I know it's something you and I spoke to even externally from college athletes, just people generally. Oh, NIL, what's that? You know, if you're not in sports. So I think the education piece, people just uh, understated. Yeah, well, I appreciate the, you commenting on that because I think it's true also. And obviously, that's what we built our business on. So we're coming to the last couple of minutes here. So this is soundbite time. So, you know, our audience is the 98% that aren't afforded those big time uh, representatives like be known agency, but give me two or three bullet points. Give me some sound bites, advice, 
And I think it's going to revolve around the work ethic thing, which is what you just showed us. Uh, but give us some idea about what you would suggest if you had a chance to talk to a young athlete and their family. Mm -hmm. Number one, you never know where something might go. You never know where a coffee meeting, where uh, a party, where a phone call might get to you, may get you. And when you're in this position and NIL is so new, take risks, take opportunities, meet people and speak to people that otherwise maybe you weren't as motivated to speak to because there's a lot of people that are trying to become your friend or try to help you in this NIL space. And, you know, sometimes just being a good person and showing that you're available is everything. So I think it's one thing to, to sit around and say, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. It's another thing to reach out to people, right? To look on LinkedIn, to look on Twitter and Instagram and try to find thought leaders and, and even reach out, you know, oh, here's Mark or here's Brendan. They seem to you know, it's not easy necessarily to find the right person, but like, imagine if a college athlete like proactively reached out to a brand, you know, it usually doesn't happen that way. Or imagine that, that that leads to something. So I'd say that's number one. Uh, number two, and I've said this before, and it's just, um, it just resonates so much with me. It's not what you know. Everyone says it's not what you know, it's it's who you know. And, and I say, it's not who you know, it's who knows you, who knows your work ethic, who knows really Mark Kesteser, Brennan Kaminsky, and what they're about, right? Because we we meet people all the time. And nowadays, like you, you say someone's your friend and it's like you met that person one time on Instagram and had a short conversation on it and they don't really know you. And it's the beauty of it because now everyone's accessible, but people don't really know. They don't know your work ethic necessarily. So when you make it, when you make an introduction, when you meet someone if that's a contact that you really feel strongly about and think that can be helpful, like keep in touch. I mean, when I got to ESPN, I had a touch point. So before I was at ESPN, I got a touch point with a person that worked at ESPN, but it's not enough to just meet that person. I had to send them a lot of emails and say, have you ever thought about doing this? And here's something I worked on. And so it's really about who knows you, your work ethic and what you're about. Um, and I just always think about that. Well, I think those are great words of advice, and uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna chop that up and push it out on social because I think kids will resonate with it. You know, uh, if people want to get in touch with you, where they, where can they find you? What are your handles? What's your website? Yeah, my website is beknownagency.com. So B K N O W N. There's no E in the middle, and then we're beknownagency on Instagram. I am B Kaminsky on Instagram, and you know I'm on too many social platforms myself. LinkedIn is a great platform. So if anyone happens to be listening and wants to chat more, LinkedIn is a good place for that. Um, Mark is very active on LinkedIn as well. I suggest you give him and the players NIL a follow. Um, but yeah, Instagram and LinkedIn are two, two great ways or of course emailing. So um, Brendan at beknownagency.com. So a lot of different plugs there, whatever, wherever you find, that's the thing. It's like in this day and age, Mark, everyone is accessible. I truly feel that way. And so, you know, obviously if you're LeBron James, you know, or Jay-Z or something like that, you know, it's, it's, there's level to it, but you know, if you're trying to get to brand people, people behind the, like, it's not as hard as it once was. So you should be able to find us. Just funny to me that uh, email is so passe, so old school. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I do still love email, but it is funny. Yeah. Brennan, you've been a great guest. You know, my uh, my hat's off to all that you've accomplished. I'm excited to watch what you're going to do in the future. 
thank you for letting me be part of the journey and follow you. I wish you nothing but success to you and the Be Known Agency Group. Thank you for being my guest today. Thank you so much, Mark. I really appreciate it.